to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Glory to God. All right, I feel like rambling this morning, if that's all right. Many of the views and expressions expressed this morning are not of TCVC, but of me. (laughs) So that's where we're going. Take your Bibles this morning. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Just going to share some things this morning from my life and from what I've learned over the years and am still learning. How many know it never ends? But how the Lord dealt with me and got me to different places and different levels and different things. and Because we all want to grow, don't we? Yes. Thank you. Praise God. All right, before I read Matthew, let me say first of all that uh, I'll be heading back over to Lake Wales again after church this morning. But uh, the baby at this point has been cleared to come home sometime this week. So they are going through all the paperwork, everything that needs to be done, and praise God, he will be, he will be headed home front, praise God, and then I will be headed home front, praise God, and we'll all be headed home front, praise God, hallelujah. So uh, we're very excited about that. I thank each and every one of you who, you know, we had the word that we needed, we stood on the word, we stayed on the word, and God is faithful to his word, praise God, hallelujah. And... Uh, we're just excited about and been excited about the whole thing, praise God. It was long, but uh, I mean, oh, it's worth it in the end, praise God. So, so praise God. That's good news this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let's read Matthew chapter 7 this morning. Look at verse 21. It says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name have we not done many, 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 many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from you, you that work iniquity. Now, I'm sure this is many of you's favorite scripture. (laughs) Got it memorized and put down. But notice, when I first got born again and came into the kingdom of God, I was excited and exuberant. And the first thing I started doing was doing what the word told me to do. I started laying hands on the sick, I started casting out devils, I started doing all these things, and all these things were working every time that I did them. It seems like they were taking place, and I was excited about it, and this is what we're supposed to be doing. But later on in my years, when I got to that next verse, it made me a little bit nervous, where it says that, I never knew you, depart from me. So I started going to God, and instead of wanting to heal the sick and cast out devils, which is good, I decided I wanted to know Him, and I wanted Him to know me. I think it's important to know God and have him know you. Now, people say, well, God knows you, but the Bible teaches that he doesn't know you until certain things happen, then he really knows you. And I wanted him to really know me because I wanted to know him, praise God. All right, go to Galatians chapter 4.
Galatians chapter 4, let's start in verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that he might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, you are no more a servant, a slave, but you are a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them that by nature were no gods. But now after that, you have known God, or rather, are known of God. How turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? This scripture goes with the other one that we just read. And when God put them together, I found out here that number one, we've got to understand once you got born again, you became a child of the living God. And I'm just not talking about talk this morning, I'm talking about believing. You became a son and daughter of the living God, and at that time, he became your father or your Abba or your source of all things. God knows you and you know God best when he becomes the source of everything in your life. Not him and something else, not several things in him. Him alone becomes your source, whether it's for wealth, whether it's for health, whether it's for peace, whether it's for joy. He is your source, period, with nothing else. If not, and you don't trust him, you'll start to turn to the beggarly Look what it says, you will turn unto those beggarly elements of the world. In other words, when I first started to believe God, or try to believe God, I would believe God, but I would also believe other things. Come on now. See, do you believe in God? Yeah, I'm believing God, but I'm believing everything else at the same time, praise God. You know, you can believe the medical people, you can believe God as your healer. You can believe him for finances or you can believe him for finances and everybody else for finances. You can believe him for your peace, but you can believe other things for your peace at the same time. Well, God wants to bring us to a place to where he is the source and only source and all the elements of the world make no difference because we're going to believe him as our source, period. And this is something that you grow into, say grow into. Many people think they're doing it. I thought I was doing it for years, but I slowly found out that I was not doing it, basically. I was believing him, but believing someone else to do what I asked him to do so he could get credit for what they did for him to get it done. Come on. I pray for finances, but boy, I try to find somebody who had it. And if I could tell them of my poor situation, they would give me money and I'd say, bless God. And God would say, I didn't do nothing. God would say he did it and she did it. And there's nothing wrong with he and she doing it as long as it gets done. How many of you would rather get done than not get done? But then again, God was saying, no, no, you, you've got to trust me. Amen. I want you to trust me wholeheartedly, 100%. We'll go as far as you can go, but I want everybody to grow into a place of where they trust me and trust me for their source, period. I am your Abba. That's it. I'm the one. I'm the one who made the promise. Nobody else made the promise. It blessed me, uh, uh, must have been about a month ago or a couple weeks ago because, you know, you know a lot of people in here or something, but... Uh, Angelo came up to me, and Angelo was going through a time to where all at once he runs a tree service, and basically at that time he didn't have a whole lot of people doing the tree service, and things probably were getting very tight, and things weren't going very well, and he came to me. Now listen to this. He came and said, hey, your trees here at the church are a little bit out of control. We'd like to come up with our crew from West Palm and trim the trees for free. Now there's nothing logical about that. Are you following me? Apparently, he was trusting God, period, for his business to pick up simply because he was coming to bless the church 
Come on now. He could have came to the church for money. He could have came begging. He could have came. But he followed God's orders of trusting him with all of his heart. And he came up. And then he, he said, yeah. I said, go ahead and do it. That'd be great with us. And then he got so busy the next couple weeks. Come on now. That he couldn't come up and do what he said he was going to do. What is that? That's what happens if you're not careful and trust God. So you got to be careful. Can you trust God? Things might start happening in your life. And I believe that's when you really know God and God really starts to know you. He starts to know you as his child. Starts to notice as, yeah, I'm your provider. I'm going to take care of you. You're trusting me now. You're, you're doing good. Everything. We're going good. We're growing up. We're doing these things. And it's little things like that that, that you pile up. You know, I, I can tell you what happened this year. I can tell you what happened that year. I can block upon block, line upon line. It might not be the big things that happened in my life, but each one was taking me to a place to where I was at now. Even in the cash situation, I, I didn't start there. Thank God. I'd have folded, but I started here, went to there, then went to here, trusting him, then to where, trusting him, and just kept going on and on till you build up your faith and your authority in the things of God. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 3. All right, Proverbs chapter 3, look at verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall do what? Now notice, this is a conditional promise here. He tells you to trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? How I many you know all of it just doesn't mean the spiritual being that we are, but our soul, emotions, and feeling, and situations, we have to trust in him with our whole heart. Now, I had discovered in most of my early years, I was trusting him half-heartedly. I was trusting him, but yet trusting someone else to do something for him, trusting something else good to happen, to make up. I wasn't trusting him. I was looking to other sources in other different areas in order to make things happen in my life, whether it was money, whether it was whether it was health, whether it was anything else. I wasn't trusting him with all my heart. But notice, here's the key. If you trust in him with all your heart, he then will direct your path. If you're not, he won't. Why? Because you're still directing your path. And every time you think you're trusting him, oh, I think this is what God told me to do. I think this is what God, and then you go ahead and do what you think he told you to do. How many know you end up in a mess? Why? The only time he acknowledges you or, or the only time he shows you what to do is when you make a decision to trust him with all your heart. He will show you what scripture to do. He'll show you what he wants to do. He'll give you step by step. And it all started when, you know, I first got born again and I got saved. And basically what happened right off the bat was we moved to Florida. I had to get out of Ohio. I knew that. I came down here. God was leading me. We wanted to buy a three-bedroom, two-bath house on a corner lot with room to put a pool in, and we decided to buy a house, and we found one, and we got it for a good price, and we bought the house, and I'm saying, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But after we bought it, he didn't stop directing my paths. He said, I don't want you paying three times what this house is worth. I want you to pay that house off, and I want you to hit that debt with everything you got and get out from under debt, period. And I said, well, that's good, God, but don't you understand that we're barely making the payments now and the school payments for the kids and everything else and what we have left over is like 32 cents and that's really not going to kill that debt very much because it takes quite a while. 
so I just had to come to a place. I said, okay. And I went to my wife, and she was very glad to know we were going to cut back. There's a certain joy that rose up on the inside of her. Because my, oh, oh, here we go. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to sit here like a bunch of mummies. That's all we're going to do. And I can understand where she was coming from. But I knew that God was directing our paths for now. I didn't know all this would build in the future. I just knew this was a decision now that we had to make. So we made a decision. We were going to pay this house, and we were going to get rid of this house. We were going to, a year and a half, two years, this house payment was going to be gone. We're going to own our house. That's all there was to it. So we started believing God. And I started to say, hey, this house is paid, praise God. We're paying this house off. We're, we're doing it. And the mortgage bill came, and we paid it, and we paid it. And did times get very tight? Yes, they did. But it seemed like always, sometimes, some way, extra money came into our house that we weren't expecting. So things got tight. It was around Christmas time the first year we do this. We bought our house, I think it was in uh, April, and we got to a place where we didn't have any extra to put on it that month. And all at once we were at a, some kind of fundraiser for the post office. I worked at the post office for 28 years, and while I was there, somebody came up to me and said, you're still a part-time person because you don't have a full-time job yet. And I said, no, I'm still part-time in the post office. And he said, well, they just made a settlement for part-time workers that they haven't been getting paid what they need to get paid over the last 10 years. So here's a check for $785. I said, dear Jesus, I'll take it. And then you start to think, boy, I can do a lot with this. And then the Holy Ghost says, pay down the debt. Pay down the debt. And you want to say, directing my way should stop. Directing my way should stop. But no, there was a direction there for me to go. So we did it. We hit it. We got rid of the debt. We, we took care of it. When the book came out, God said, you're going to collect money on this book for one month. And after that, you're going to give it away. Well, how many know publishing a book is not free? It's not cheap. And the chance of getting any money back on the book isn't real good either. I mean, let me tell you, Amazon did not close down because they were slammed. They weren't there saying, what now? No, no. And people bought it, and people did this, and people that. But after the, the month was over with, I looked at Becky, and I said, that's it. We're done. We're giving the book away. He said, giving it away? I said, yeah. He says, well, then how are we going to get more, and how are we going to do things? I don't know. I just know he told me to start giving the book away. So we start, came here. We made an announcement. You want a book? They're there. You want a book? If you're a visitor today, there's books back there. If you want one, take one, take two, take three, take four. I don't care. Just take whatever you want. Sell them to your family. Sell them to anybody else. Get them born again. Get them in the kingdom of God. Let the power of God hit their life. Let the words in there just change them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't get me going. And we'll do with that. And I mean, we started giving it away. And about a week later, we got a check in the mail. $3,000 for books. I thought, dear Lord, that'll cover some books, praise God. That'll print some new books. And since then, we've got several other checks. And these checks have not come from the church. They've come from other people who don't even go to this church. I don't even know how they know about this church. I don't even know where they came from. And I don't care. So now what do we do? We printed more books. We printed more books. We printed more. We're going to start our fifth printing here pretty soon, and we've got money ahead. Why? Simply because we decided to trust the Lord with all our... Now, I could have came up here and said, oh, congregation, it costs a lot to print a book, and we're several thousand dollars in debt, and I know you all love me, so what we're going to do... We're going to take pledges. All pledge so much money. If you don't have the money, that's fine. Believe for it. You ever heard pastor do that? Oh, my Lord Jesus. 
I was sitting there one time, they were doing us take pleasures. God, God spoke to me, and he's going to do this and do that and take pleasures. And I just wanted to stand up and say, well, if we can believe and sow and give, why don't you just sow and get it, and we don't need us? Come on, you either believe it or you don't. So why should I put it on you guys when I can do it myself? I'm supposed to be doing it myself. I'm not going to manipulate and bleed you, for goodness sakes. I'm responsible to know him and him to know me. So since then, the book has done very well. It's been going good. It, it's getting out there. It's gone. We've got over 2,000 plus in circulation right now, which is very good. And then you, you want to start a ministry. So you start a ministry and immediately you're searching all the big ministries. How to build your ministry. How to build. How do you build your ministry? Well, how does he build his ministry? Well, what did he do to build his ministry? And all at once I started thinking, I ain't going to do this. Man, I'm so confused right now. I don't know what to do next at this point. They all did something different. So I'm just going to trust in the Lord with all my and lean not on my own and he's going to acknowledge me and show me the way to go and since that time he showed me how to do it what to do it what not to do how to do you know we needed a building we saw this building we decided to buy this building which was really ridiculous I mean that time Ted's laughing because he was in the middle of it yeah we saw the building I was eating at the good old uh, Archer Treaters what is it called over what used to be over here Long John Silver's just eating. That's where you get revelation till it, clo- till it, till it closed. And then I'm not doing it anymore. I just sitting there one day, and we didn't have a place to go. We were renting a Best Western down there. We were basically looking for a place. They threw us out of the other place. And, and all at once, he just said, buy that building over there. There was a for sale sign. So and I said, that building over there? I said, yeah. So I said, you know, sounds good. You know, I thought it'd be a couple hundred thousand dollars anyway. So I went to them, and the guy said, well, we're selling it for $640,000. I said, how much? He said, 640. I said, 640,000 dollars? Yeah, 640. So I went to Ted, we talked it over, decided we were both crazy, decided not to do anything. We left him, he left me, went to the beach that day with my wife, and God started directing my paths, and he said, I told you to buy the building. And I said, I told you, I don't have any money. <laughs> and he said, well, you're just going to buy the building, that's what you're supposed to do. So I called Ted, and Ted, thank God, you know, went along with it. I'm sure he had other advice for me at the time too, but we decided we were going to buy the building. Then, then in the end, you're thinking, okay, well, we got the, we're getting the loan for it. Everything's going great. This is perfect. And about three days before, they decided not to give us the loan because of the size of our church was not very big. And basically in order to do it, they wanted half the money from me. Well, thank God I had paid off my house like I was instructed two years ago. See, I didn't, I wouldn't look, I'm paying off my house. Why? Because I'm going to buy a church in 10 years. No, it never even crossed my mind. So there, here it came, basically uh, buy it. And so I had to put my house up, put everything up that we had, put it up because I had to pay for half. It's the only way they were going to do the thing. So I had to pay for half the church. And I came up with the money from this bank, from that bank, from this, that thing, this thing, this mortgage company, that mortgage company. And we closed and we had the building. And praise God. But then after you praise God, you still owe $340,000. And your praise goes from to. So all at once, we were $340,000 in debt, praise God. I mean, you know, my wife's gone through some stuff, praise God. I'm telling you what. Jeez. I'm glad we don't own a gun. But she, you know, she, she doesn't agree with it, but she goes along with it. She's a good wife. She believes I hear from God and whatever. So then you buy the building. And, then, and that was the first time in my life I think I was ever at a point where God was going to be my Abba no matter what. I had no other half Abbas, part Abbas. There wasn't enough natural Abbas. 
to Abba my problem. I was, that was it. That's where I was at. That's where we go. So basically, I just had to learn to believe God. And once I made that commitment, the greatest thing he ever did in my life was he took away worry of it. No longer worried about it. How much you owe now? 339000 Praise God. We're doing better. Glory to God. We're, we're getting up there. Glory to God. But the worry seemed to left. I, I, I couldn't worry about it. I couldn't be anxious about it anymore. I couldn't do anything because it was totally out of my control at that time. And I didn't have any rich aunts and uncles. Didn't have any relation that was going to bail me out. I just either had to believe God, and that was my only choice, was to believe him. And that's where I really started to really know him. And I think he started to really know me. He started to understand that I was going all in on this thing, man. I wasn't going to play around. I wasn't going to beg people for money. I wasn't going to sell coffee cups. I wasn't going to do any of that stuff. And that's why we don't do anything like that here. And we never will because I just believe God will do what he says without me helping him. So we believed him, we believed him, we believed him. It worked out how? I don't even have any idea how it worked out. Uh, the church paid the, their half off. We paid our half off several years ago. The building's here. And I'll tell you what, we own half the building, and we do nothing in the building. Are you following me? My wife has half of my office up there to run its vacation time travel that hasn't done any travel in the last two years because of COVID. So she's not even in the office. So the whole building that we have here belongs to me and the church, but we take nothing from the church. Amen. Well, why would you do that? Because God told me to do it that way, and he directs all my paths. <laughs> we used to have a renter up front, and the renter up front, basically any money that came in went to the church to help for their mortgage. This is God just directing your path. Does it make any sense at all? No. That's what you, you, can't, you can't deal with God in sense. You deal with God in the word of God. You find the word. So I'm finding scriptures on believing God. From, I'm finding God. He's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I've been a tither now for all these years. The windows of heaven are open. He's pouring out a blessing upon us that I cannot even contain. And that's, that's my confession. How's the church doing? Well, the windows of heaven are open. Pastors would call. We're gone through recession. How's your church doing? Well, the windows of heaven are open. And he's pouring out a blessing upon us that I cannot even contain. Click. <laughs> now, you think they would have stayed on the line. Come on. To understand if it worketh then for you, then it would work a theme for me. But they didn't want to hear that. See? They didn't want that, praise God. But that's not what it is. We find the Word of God, and we stay on the Word of God, and we believe the Word of God. We had a guy up front when we first moved in named Guy Back Motor Sales. He was playing, paying rent up there, which paid a lot of the church's stuff. He went away for the summer, came back, and his partner ripped him totally off, and he went bankrupt. So we went from gathering $3,100 a month to gathering nothing. And he came to me and said, I've got all these cars and stuff, and I'm in debt and all this. Can I stay up here for another two months for nothing? And I went to God, and I said, for nothing isn't going to pay the bills. And God said, let him up there. He's been a good client. So we left him go. He was up there two months, didn't pay a dime, got rid of all his stuff, everything else. But we lost $3,100. But see, I was trusting in the Lord with... I wasn't trusting in the Lord and guy back motor sales. I was trusting the Lord with all my heart. So guy by was there. He wasn't there. Didn't make any difference. I wasn't trusting in him. I wasn't dealing with him. I was dealing with God. In Cash's case, I was dealing with God. Well, the doctor said, I don't care what he said. 
Well, this is what's going to happen. I don't care what he said is going to happen. Well, this is what's going to take place. Well, that's it. Well, he's probably not going to make it till morning. I don't care what you say. I'm not dealing with you. I'm dealing with someone else who's my source, who's my Abba Father, who I know, and he knows me. And I'm going to stay right there, praise God, and stay there. And I told my kids, we're staying there. We're not going anywhere else. We're staying right there. And everybody knows where we were. First John chapter 5. That's where the whole church was, and that's where we stayed. We just stay there. It don't make any difference. First, I said, quit calling me and telling me what the doctor said. I didn't care what he says. I mean, good for him. I love doctors and everything else. But now, let me clarify. If sickness hits your body and you trust in the Lord with all your heart, he may direct your path to a doctor. See, I don't want to, I don't, I don't need any more letters, bad letters to read and all that stuff. I got other stuff to do than that. Yeah, he may direct you to a doctor. If you're not exactly where you're at where you can wholeheartedly trust him, he's not going to let you die trying. He's going to tell you, hey, yeah, you just keep believing me, but you need to go see Dr. So-and-so and see what he's got to say, and you go there and see. So the believing, and I'll tell you, how do you know whether you're believing and you're really trusting him or not? You'll have peace. See, when this whole thing happened with cash and everything took place, I called just a few people. I told them the situation, and those people I called because I knew they wouldn't get feely, emotional, or lose it. Because I don't need somebody, oh, that's what's going on. I don't need that. You see, I'm believing God. I need you to help me and aid me, not there was enough in me trying to do that. Come on. You know, women are that way, but men can get that way too. I want you to know when you hit a tragic situation, there was all kind of stuff in here that, that I haven't experienced in a long time. I mean, there was fear trying to come up in there. There was worry trying to come up in there. There was everything trying to get up in there. There's crying trying to come up in there. And, and there's nothing wrong with all those things as long as they're not controlling your situation and wiping out the word of God and you're living in the feeling realm rather than the God realm. So you contact some people who are going to believe with you and you know they're going to believe with you. And when you text them, say, how's he doing? Well, he's doing a little better today. They're saying, praise God, he's getting out of there pretty soon. Glory to God. They're not saying, oh, well, we just hope he does it's a little bit better. We don't go there, see? We don't get off in the feely emotionally realm. Why? Because we trust in the Lord with all our, and we lean not on his own understanding. And the more that you do that, the more that you'll really start to know God. And the more God will really start to know you. And the best thing you can do, and the only thing you can really do in any situation is believe. Say believe. believe. All right, go to Genesis chapter 15. I believe we're all slowly going to this place. Some of us think we're there. Some of us think we're halfway there. Some of us don't even believe you started, but you will know sooner or later where you're at. All right, Genesis 15, are you there? Look at verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one of my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now at the heavens and tell the stars to be able to number them all. He said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Now here's Abraham. Abraham wanted to have a child. Abraham went to God. God said, Sarah's old and you're barren, but you're going to have a child. And Abraham said, Woohoo! But after a period of time when they didn't have a child, he was going, Hoo-hoo! 
Anybody ever experienced that? Yeah. And he went to God. He said, I ain't got no seed. But listen, he did have a seed. The seed he had was the word of God that God gave him. And the gospel of God is the power unto salvation. So if he'd have just took that seed as his seed and stayed on that seed, it would have grown and exploded so that he would have had a child just like God told him. But he looked out here for his seed rather than in here for his seed, come on now, that God had already given him. So God had given him the seed. He just didn't recognize the seed was there. When you're in financial trouble, there are seeds in this book for you. And they're God seeds given to you. You can't go, well, I believe for money, but I don't have any. My bank account still says, your bank account doesn't matter. Your body doesn't matter. The natural don't matter as long as you have the seed. If I pray according to his will, he hears me. And if he hears me, I know how I have the petitions that I asked of him. That's my seed. Not doing better, doing worse, put on this machine, taking off that machine, doing this, doing that. None of that made any difference. It was the seed. I had a seed from God, and that's the seed I was going to stay on. That seed was going to grow up. Praise God. When Marie was in the hospital, some of you don't know, she was in the hospital. She's supposed to be dead. Doctors confirmed it, prophesied it, laid hands on her, told her she'd be dead. And Marie just kept saying, oh, no, I ain't dying. I'm going to live. They thought she was nuts. They were going to take her to the funny farm next. No, I'm going to live. No, my body's going to line up. No, that's what I'm going to do. No, I'm going to live and proclaim the Lord. I'm going to come to church. I always wanted to come to church, never came. Now I'm going to start coming to church again. I'm going to get up out of here. And they didn't like what she said. Marie just kept going, praise God. And there she sits now. She helps out in coffee house. She's here at every, every service. Every service. What happened? She got a hold of a seed. And she going to let that seed go. She was going to believe God with all of her. And she was not going to lean on anybody else's understanding, anybody else's thing, anybody else's anywhere. So here's poor Abraham. He ain't got a kid. And then his wife. His wife comes along and says, let me help you out. Come on, I got a maid. You can have a child with her. Now, come on, women. Hope you're not doing that to your husband. So then he lays with her, has a baby with her. Then she's mad at him. We ain't going to go there. Yeah, and she got all mad about the whole situation, got all flustered about it, got all mad about it. But notice, he had the seed, he just didn't recognize what seed he needed to get the job done. And the church sometimes don't understand what seed they really need. Everybody's believing God. They don't know what he said, but they're believing him. Everybody's trying to believe him. But when you find a scripture and you make it yours... When all that promise becomes yes and amen to you, when that promise comes from a God that cannot lie, when that comes from a God who proclaimed it so that you could use it and allow him to get into that situation and you stay on that seed, it's going to work in your life every single time. And that's where we want to get financially. That's where we want to get peace-wise. That's where we want to get power-wise. That's where we want to get business-wise, even job. If your job is your provider, you're going to live by what your job can provide. If you're going to go to a job with God as your provider, look out. You'll own the place pretty soon. Amen. See, we want to trust our job. I'm losing my job. Well, good. God's probably got a better one. That's not your source anyway. God wants to be your source. He likes being daddy. Should have saved this for Father's Day. Now I'm getting into daddy. What was I doing here this morning? Yeah, he wants to be your daddy. He wants to supply it. Now go down further. Look what happened here. So Abraham says, all right, all right, God, this and that, and this and that. And then he says, do a sacrifice for me, turtle doves, young pigeon. Look at verse 10. And Abraham took unto him all these things, divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. 
So what did he do? He did the sacrifice. He made a covenant with God. All right, I'm going to believe you. Whether I see a kid or not, I'm going to believe you. And look at verse 11. And when the fowls, the word there is buzzards, and when the buzzards came down upon the carcasses or his promise or sacrifices, Abraham drove them away. Let me tell you, when you start believing God for something that looks impossible, you better get ready to chase some buzzards. They are going to come against your mind. They're going to come from other people. They're going to come from other places. Everything coming to you to tell you that's impossible. It ain't going to happen. God can't do it. It can't happen in the natural. It's not going to take place. It's not going to, I mean, as soon as we got that far in debt, you should have heard some of the words I was hearing. I mean, I could see him coming to repo my house, take my car, living in a cardboard box with my wife and two kids. And my wife saying, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. And what did I have to do? I had to get back in the ward and drive them buzzards out of there, praise God. I had to get rid of them. And all this wasn't going on out here. It was going on right here in my own mind. There was a battle going on. People looked at you. They didn't know what kind of war was going on on here. Same with marriages. People come to me about marriages, and I give them a seed. Love one another. I came here for help. What profound thing you got for me. Love one another because love never fails. Well, that's not what I wanted to hear. Well, you got a seed. Now it's up to you to take that seed. You to water that seed. You to make sure that seed grows until your marriage starts to line up with the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And you start losing some of you and allow God to manifest. More of God to me means manifesting more of God in my life when we sing that song. And you want to manifest more of God in your life. You want to manifest the peace and the patience and the love. And is it sometimes hard to love your spouse? Thought I'd get a better response than that, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. He never said it'd be easy. He never said it would feel good. And they never said that you'll be so happy to do it. He never said that. But he gave us a seed in every area, financially, physically, everywhere. But notice, the buzzards are going to come. We're naturally minded. Buzzards are going to come in your life. Sickness hits your body. Here come the buzzards. I'm just believing God. Well, you'll be dead by tomorrow. It's going to get worse. It's gone around, you know. What do you do? You just stand there. You just stand there. This will be 50 days we've been standing. But bless God, it's been worth every day. It's been worth every dirty diaper that I've changed. It's been worth everything, praise God. Hallelujah, just to stay on the word of God and stay there. So if it doesn't happen instantly in a miracle, then grow up and grow in your finances, grow in your power, grow in your peace. And sometimes you're going to have to do without things if God tells you to do something. God is not into things. We into things. So, you know, I I didn't have a giant house and still don't. I didn't have two boats. I didn't have a $50,000 car. I didn't have all that stuff. Why? Because we were acknowledged by God of what path to take and continually do it. And thank God we did because if I'd have had that mortgage, I couldn't have got the money, couldn't have bought half this church. This church wouldn't be here. I don't know where we'd be right now probably. We'd be in the cardboard box having church. But notice, all these things were gradual. God just didn't show up one time and that's it. You need to start believing God on these promises today and build them on the inside of you and understand that that's the way it goes. And when the buzzards come... Get rid of those buzzards. They're coming after your promise. They're coming after your health. They're coming after your power. They're coming after your identity. They're coming after all these things each and every day. Just trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he will show you step by step by step by step of how to do things in your life. And you'll know every step that you take because there'll be success at every single step. All right, one more. Go to Romans chapter 15. 
it gets hard, especially, I think, for people, you know, who get born again in Christianity and don't get taught the word quite like they should get taught, and they think it's up to God about everything, and then it doesn't work out. It's very hard to have a relationship with him, trust him, and even love him if this loving God won't heal me, yet he says he loves me. He should be healing me. He should be blessing me. He should be doing me. But notice, we are co-laboring once again with him. This is, this is a thing together. How I many you know if, if, if it was God was in control of everything, nobody would be sick right now? Because we know his will's healing, right? So there wouldn't be one sick person in the world if it was up to God. But we think if it's up to God, then, well, he healed this person but didn't heal me. So I don't think God loves me. So I don't think God, now you're, what are you doing? You're pulling further, further away. You don't know him, and he certainly don't know you anymore. Do you see? So we've got to get the right kind of, uh, from the word of God, what to believe and how to believe it and let it grow on the inside of us. God wants the best for you in every situation in your life. He wants you to have the best marriage. He wants you to be financially blessed. He wants you to be physically healed. He wants you to be a happy, excited, exuberant person with a big smile on your face. Every place you go, praise God. And he'll show you how to do that in the steps that he gives you. But first of all, you have to trust in him and not the other things. And everybody in the world right now is trusting in the world. Trusting in the government. My God, wake up. Amen. Trusting in politicians. Trusting in this. Trusting in this government thing. Trusting in that. That's not where we put our trust, praise God. And it doesn't matter if the whole government falls down. As long as my trust is in God, he ain't going anywhere. He knows how to get it to you, when to get it to you, when you're going to need it, if you're going to need it. But you have to trust in him so he can acknowledge your steps and show you step by step by step by step. If you've been married for a long time, you've been walking them steps out every single day. Because God's been showing you, don't do that. You can do this. Don't do that. You can do this. Certainly don't do that. And then you grow together and you learn together and that's what it's all about, praise God. All right, Romans chapter 15. Romans 15, 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of who? Holy Ghost. Ghost. Now notice this. Now the God of peace will fill you with all joy and peace. Where is joy and peace? In believing. Where's joy? In believing. Where's your peace? In believing. If you lose your joy, guess what happened? You're in unbelief. If you lose your peace, why? You're trusting in something else as your source other than God. And when that something else goes by the wayside, you lose your joy, peace, and everything else. See, in the natural world, you can't put any believing in that because it's going to go by the wayside. You can hit the lottery, but if you start trusting in the lottery that you hit, sooner or later you're going to lose the lottery money, and you're going to be right back on God anyway. Because we're trusting in the Lord with all our heart. And whenever I've got peace, whenever I've got joy, in the midst of a storm, that was what I was doing in this whole situation. I've got joy and I've got peace. I have the peace that passes all understanding because I don't understand to have peace right now. I've got the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. I'm going to stay in peace and joy. And every time I felt myself getting pulled out of that, I immediately had to go back and pull myself back into that. I mean, it's up to you to do that. And you know when you have peace and joy, and you certainly know when you don't. And it's something you can't fake. You got the peace and joy this morning? Yes. Yes, I do. Really? Praise God. Well, that's beyond my understanding, so it must be. No, so we want to live in peace. But the only way you're going to live in peace is to spend enough time on the promises to make sure that they are bigger than the worry and the fears that come into your life. Sometimes it takes a couple of scriptures out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Sometimes it just takes one. 
and you're on that scripture and you're staying on that scripture and you answered that scripture to people who want to know what's going on. How you doing financially? We are blessed, praise God. I'm telling you what. We are prosperous in everything that we do. That's what we do. Well, what about your business? I don't matter about my business. I don't trust in my business. I trust in you or in God and then God directs my steps in my business of what to do next and what not what to do. But notice, if you put your trust in your business and your business is failing, how many know you have no peace? You have no joy. You are just a mess of nothing for the longest time until you switch back over to our Abba Father who takes care of us in every single situation in our life. So praise God. We're here rejoicing like we do every week. Hallelujah. He's coming home this week. Praise God. Praise God sometime. I'm coming home this week. Glory to God. And we're all going to live happily ever after. Praise God. And that's it. Glory to God. All right. Praise God. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added